0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff
1: Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 178. Today is Monday, uh, Valentine's Day Eve, which is great. We're going to do a great episode tomorrow. Uh, I will talk about it later at the end of the show. Very exciting. Um, But it's going to be a little teaser. It's going to be Uh, in the, uh, on the theme of love. All right. So that's going to give you a little, little teaser uh, because it's Valentine's day. We're going to be cliche like that. Um, Also, if you are listening to Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and follow us. If you have not, that'll really help us out. We've been seeing a massive spike in uh, podcast listening hours, crazy spike, uh, which is amazing. Um, And so, yeah, that'll really help us out. Also um, there, we're doing a new teaching series. Uh, Many of you guys know that we do a teaching series um, and that's once a, it's once a week and we'll have, bring on an amazing speaker or speakers and they teach on various things. But right now we're doing Bible 101, which is absolutely essential. It's a great way to kick off the new year um, with uh, just learning how to interpret scripture, how to. Study the Bible, um, the origins of manuscripts, and all that stuff. It's like all-encompassing. Uh, and the last episode was like, like big brain stuff. Um, and so, you know, with Costin and Mandy, they both come at it from different angles. Um, and so, uh, this Friday is going to be Mandy. Last week was Costin, uh, and they're going to be alternating on That final episode, part four of four, they're going to. Come together and do an episode together, which I can't wait for. It's going to be great because they have a great dynamic. Their, suit, their totes adorbs together. So it's going to be great. But check that out, you guys. Catch up on that uh, because Mandy's episode is going to be piggybacking off of Costin's. So check it out. Um, okay, guys. I'm super stoked about today's guest. Uh, I've been wanting to get them, uh, him on for uh, quite a while. Uh, and I am so blessed that he said yes. Uh, He's an author. He's the pastor, a pastor at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. He's also a content creator uh, on TikTok and Instagram and goes by God's Best Friend. So we're going to play a quick little taster and then we are going to
2: get going. The son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Uh, What? Okay. Uh, Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish. For three days. Uh, so the son of man will be in the heart of the earth. For three days. Oh. A fish. I like to fish. I'm going to die. Alright, I'm going to literally die. And in three days, I'm going to come back to life. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to literally die. Oh. <laughs> I totally get it now. I I totally get it. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Do you? I literally have Okay, let's just circle back to the fish part. What's going on in here? Let me tell you something! Let me tell right. yeah. you, you something! Let me tell you something! Let me tell you something!
1: Oh man, I love it. Okay, let's give it up for my guest today, Gabriel Lopez. Gabriel Lopez, welcome to the show, man.
2: How are you doing, man? Doing, doing good.
1: Well, dude, yeah, dude. the The Bathsheba's husband thing gets me every <laughs> single time because I thought the same thing. I'm like, what was that encounter like? Oh yeah. You after know, all it all
2: went down. I'm gonna have to go back and watch like the best hits of Heaven yeah. and watch those moments, those interactions, because I gotta yeah. see it.
1: Yeah, I know for sure. And then the, let me tell you something meme gets mm-hmm. me every single time. Yeah. And so I love that you <laughs> included that. So good. So good. Yeah. So, um, All right. Well, why don't you take a second to just tell people a little bit about yourself and then we're just going to do what we do, man.
2: Okay. Well, uh, like Jeff said, I'm a, uh, I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm a father. I am an author and I do social media content. And so I kind of do a little bit of everything right now. Um, I'm a pastor at uh Bethel's uh church, and uh, we have what's called the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I'm a pastor in the first year environment. And so I have a revival group of around 60 students. Um, and I have uh this it's a three-year school, first, second, and third year. So the third year students are my kind of intern team, and we mentor the first year students and we teach them about revival. We teach them how to pray, how to prophesy, how to heal the sick, how to hear the Lord's voice. Um, And of course, the Lord in his classic fashion does heart surgery on all the students and they cry a lot in worship and it's really powerful. Um, And so I've been doing that for maybe uh, since 2019. Um, And I did the first year myself in 2008. Uh, So I've been in Reading for quite a number of years now. Um, And uh, I'm a father as well. My son is almost seven months old. Uh, What else? I'm an author. I wrote a book called God's Best Friend. And uh, yeah, and I'm also do social media, so that's a little bit about me.
1: So, how did you come up with the name God's best friend?
2: <laughs> um, so, originally it came from my book uh, titled God's best friend. Um, but some years ago, I had uh, went through kind of a traumatic uh, event uh, in 2010. Um, my two best friends that I had in life uh, were actually tragically uh, killed in motorcycle accidents—one in 2010, and then one uh, a year and a half later. Um, as well, the friend who was helping—we were kind of helping each other grieve through the loss of our friend. He ended up dying in the same fashion in a motorcycle accident. And so, uh, when that second friend passed away, I—I I realized I had this thought come to me, this um, that said, "I have more friends in heaven uh, than I do on Earth." And it was kind of a terrifying reality of loneliness. Uh, and I remember I was at home just crying, and and I felt a fear and a loneliness that I can't even really put into words. It was yeah. like a choking loneliness. Uh and in that moment I heard the Lord say, Gabriel, I'll be your best friend. Oh Mom. man. And so the crazy thing was I I before I even said you, you think I would just go, Yes, okay, I want to be your best friend. I had lost all my friends. Mm. And so I kind of was uh shocked that my initial response was, No, Lord, I don't want to be your best friend. I'll be a great friend. I'll you could be my great, great friend, but I I don't want any more best friends because all they do is just leave you. All they do mm. is is they they die. And it's, of course, God can't die, but it's like this fear of life that I was going through. And so it it was actually a number of years, maybe four or five years, the Lord just kept on pursuing me. And every few months, I would hear that voice, I'll be your best friend. I'll Mm. be your best friend. And so Mm. he won me over and uh, through an incredible series of events uh, until eventually I was like, God, I would love to be your best friend. Oh, man. So yeah, that's kind of how it started.
1: Well, what's that process been like walking
2: that out with God? Because, you know, it's, it's an interesting process yeah. because, you know, there's moments where the Lord does kind of just, you're in a worship service and you fall down and, and cry and weep and you wake up and maybe uh, there's breakthrough or deliverance and you've had years of trauma. And there's other moments where the Lord loves the journey. Uh, and I don't know why when he chooses one or the other, but this was definitely a, a journey of him just mm-hmm. loving me through something that was really uh, terrifying. And in the beginning of the journey, I was actually really scared because I had never gone to a place where I was so broken that I couldn't contribute anything in my relationship with him, mm-hmm. and it was actually a really terrifying spot because I was like, well, I'm really going to find out if this is if he's the one rowing the boat, so to speak, and if I'm just kind of sitting there feeling paralyzed and not having any capacity to do anything and yeah. so that was a number of maybe about a year or two of feeling that way um, and him just loving me through that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually incredibly healing the way he just loved me through my inability to love him back man if that makes sense and so uh it was still a number of years before um the lord just kept on pushing me and and uh, to even connect with other people as friends and it was a journey because i was i would i was keeping not just him but people at arm's of length yeah. even my wife i got married during that time and um and my wife would come to me and she would just look at me and, you know as your wife does and just kind of be like she'd come up and grab my face and go, don't push me out. Don't, don't mm. push me out. And I, and I needed people that were just fighting for me during that time. Yeah, um, and I, and I, and I love to say now that I, I have great friends. I have multiple uh, best friends and as best as sounds like one, but I have multiple best friends walking around Jesus being one of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love my wife. I love the friendship that we have within our marriage. And the Lord's done an incredible healing in my heart.
1: Dude, that's huge though. I think that, you know, that's something that's a really real emotion. You know, people get hurt or in your case, uh, you know, losing two friends, it's understandable. I think anybody with a a shred of compassion would get it. You know, it's like, I get it. Like, I don't want to do it anymore because I don't want to invest in friendships anymore because they're going to leave. They're going to go away, you know? And then that can also bleed into your relationship with God, you know, cause we hear a lot about, you know, I was in YWAM, walked through discipleship and healing with people during that time as well, when I would lead teams and schools and stuff. And, um, a lot of times people's earthly relationships with their fathers bleed to how they view God as a yeah. father. Right. Definitely so it's the same that. thing. It's the same kind of thing where it's like your, your past experiences can, it can, whether we want whether we like it or not can affect um, or whether we want it or not can affect your relationship with God. So, I mean, you even just being transparent like that, I think testifies to what God has done in your life.
2: You know, it's a, it's a miracle. And, um, and I eventually turned into the Lord. It was a number of years. I don't know how many years in total, but eventually uh, I started uh, writing just as a therapeutic way of kind of an outlet uh never written before and i was actually going through this time the lord spoke to me and he said gabriel i want you to start writing uh i had never written a single thing ever and uh, so for maybe two or three years i just wrote in my journal and in my phone just notes and things and i was shocked at how good it felt just to get those words out uh and i didn't what i didn't know is that all of those writings would later turn into a book people started i started just sharing some little snippets of little revelations or little God moments on Facebook I remember years ago and people started going, Hey, you need to turn this into a book. And, and for maybe three or four years, I just said, there's no way, like, I'm never writing a book. I'm not an I'm author, not a book right?
1: guy. I'm yeah. not a book
2: guy. Yeah. I don't even like to read much myself. I'm not, yeah. not going to write a book. And, um, and I, I'm shocked to look back and say like, it's the Lord used that entire, uh, journey to, to speak so much hope into people. Um, I can't tell you how many, how many testimonies I've heard, for people that have lost someone, my wife, my wife always laughs because whenever I'm walking around, people will just start volunteering information about like losing their loved ones. I'll be uh-huh. on a plane. I'll be, uh, I just happened a couple of days ago at Costco. I was getting a uh, little samples they have at Costco, which I love those by the way, walking yeah. around trying to get as many, many as I can. <laughs> I and uh, the lady just starts sitting there and she's like, I lost my husband a few months. She just starts just saying wow. out of nowhere. And this happens to me everywhere I go at the doctor's office with the doctor, on airplanes everywhere. My wife just kind of like laughs and walks away. Cause she knows I'm a pastor. I'm going to be there for like 10 minutes, just loving on yeah. this lady. And uh, I've seen it through this, through this, the book that I have. Um, I I'll tell people, I never have an issue promoting this book because this book saved my life. Hmm. What, the, what ha- what the Lord did in this, in this book transformed and literally saved my life. Come on. So, I love yeah.
1: it. so what, uh, what's the, what is the book about? Cause it's called God's best friend. Mm-hmm. The Adventures of an Ordinary Man and an Extraordinary God. We have a link in the description, you guys, so you can buy the book. <laughs> but what is the book about, Gabriel? Yeah,
2: uh, I got the book right here. Um, there it um, is. It's, it's, it's a story of a bit of my testimony in coming to the Lord. It involves film. It involves uh, identity. Um, it involves just the prophetic journey of following the Lord's voice. And during that journey, uh, in the midst of it, experiencing extreme trials of losing my friends. And it's crazy to see the Lord kind of in the middle of the journey along the way, having these high moments, mountaintops, and also experiencing these deep valleys. And what's wild is there's so many prophetic words in my life about film. And I talk about them in this book when I wasn't doing social media at the time yet. I wasn't doing any of these reels or TikToks and stuff like that. So it's kind of funny. I need to come up with another book and say all the stuff that I talked about prophetic promises ended up coming to pass hmm. after this book was written. So it's an interesting journey.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So film, you say, is oh. it in regards to like narrative film or is it more all encompassing like what you're doing now? I mean, or is it pretty
2: broad term or what, what, it, what <clears throat> do you mean by film? Film. Uh, you know, it's funny when I was, uh, I think I was 16, I got a prophetic word my first ever prophetic word, I was in church. I wasn't even paying attention uh, to the speaker. I, I grew up in church. I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a PK. And um, I didn't get saved really until about a couple of years later. But I was in church one day. My buddy and I were just kind of like messing around and, uh, and just trying to pass the time through the service. And the pastor just calls me out. And I thought I was in trouble because I was just talking. <laughs> and he started okay. prophesying about uh, film and the film industry and this, this cre- um, creativity and endless ideas and stuff like that. Uh, stuff i wasn't walking in at all at the time but what, what was wild is was that week i actually started thinking about like uh video and and making videos for some weird reason just popped into my head and i didn't share with anybody so it was it was the first moment that god kind of got my attention with mm-hmm. something but i wouldn't even get saved until a couple of years later which is just so funny how god works mm-hmm. like that but when i got saved years later i tried to be the first thing i said was okay well i guess i god wants me to be a filmmaker i'm going to become The filmmaker for Jesus. And I tried everything in my power to make that happen. Everything burned to the ground, didn't work. All the doors got slammed in my face. And I think it was because I was trying to make film my identity uh, before Mm -hmm. I even knew who I was. And so I kind of just uh, uh, had to put that to the side and just learn who I was. That's why I came to BSSM here and just kind of had a, a number of years here in BSSM learning who I was. But it wasn't until after leaving school that the Lord brought that desire back uh, into my heart, and I thought maybe yeah. film was done forever because the Lord was just shutting every door for maybe five years. Uh, but when I got back into film, there was a favor on film that I that I can't even describe. Like if before the, every door was closed, now every door is open, Come and on. I didn't even try. I, I have from that day to now, I have never um, sought a, an opportunity for film. They, they, it always it always comes to me, which is so funny because before that I was trying everything, knocking on every door, nothing worked. But during that time, I just started uh, going, I don't know how to do film, God. I don't know what I'm doing. And so a lot of it was just YouTube Academy, uh, University, Mm -hmm. just teaching myself how to do film. And uh, what's wild is I've worked on, since then, I've worked on documentaries, different uh, TV shows, different things like uh, short films, uh, which led into having the skill of what I do now. But for many years, it was actually working on other people's projects, other people's dreams. I worked for an online Bible school for a number of years in the film department, running the whole film department, uh, just behind the camera, 24-7, behind mm-hmm. the camera stuff. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's awesome, man. I mean, and I would say, you know, there's a lot of people are taking note because I've gotten several words about filmmaking on mm-hmm. live on the show. You know, you just hang out with prophetic people. Eventually, you get, you know, <laughs> and while live, you get prophetic words. But the one of the big messages that I have, and it goes along with what you're saying, is you know, for years I tried to make stuff happen for myself as well. Um and yeah. um realizing uh I, I'm so glad because I went through like a season of like eight year, an eight year quiet season. Because I mm. was like I went to film school, uh YWM film school, and I did really well. And I was like, man, things are that let's go it's time (laughs) doors are flying open and then it was like crickets for eight years yeah um and um through that process god really showed me um that my the desire because one of my life verses was psalm 37 4 delight yourself in the lord and he would Mm -hmm. give you the desires of your heart and i always you know in my youth was like vending machine jesus let's go you know um and it is not that way and you realize the more you spend time with him that he is the desire of my heart and yeah. um now my big message to people is like any if you're looking for breakthrough if you're looking for an open door if you're looking for financial provision if you're looking for all these other things like make him your your first love make him the goal yeah. he's the goal like don't worry about the open doors because I was talking to my wife about this the other day where I was saying like God can expedite, expedite, whatever. When you look at you like, well, I needed to be in this arena for like the past five years and and I've been doing this and you were being obedient. Yeah. Um, God's going to expedite that process. So really, that's like a non-issue for him. What he's after yeah. is our character, refining our character, changing our heart, weeding out the stuff that's not good, you know, making mm-hmm. film your identity like you were saying. Um, and that it's like, make Jesus your goal, make him yeah. the focus of your gaze and all those other things are going to open. So that's what really stood out to me about what you're saying, because mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a process, man.
2: It is. It's a journey. And, you know, there's many moments of, of sadness and letting go and, and uh, realizing uh, it's easy to say, okay, I'm just going to go learn my identity. But with, within that is a lot of confronting Come on. with yeah. things that are, your identity at the time. And it's wild to, to think about what could be, I mean, anybody could make anything their identity. Uh, it could be film. It could be the way you I'm, I'm the good cook. Everyone knows me as the, as the person who hosts at the, uh, you know, big parties and things like that. It's we'll look in any different way to find any bit of um, affirmation uh, outside of our identity in Christ. And there's, there's so many layers the Lord has to work through. And sometimes it takes some, some time, and for me, I was trying so hard. And on the surface, I think I was uh, telling myself and telling everyone around me, "I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for His glory. I'm yep. doing this for the oh, prophetic yeah. words." I'm and right. I and I think I truly did believe that. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire Podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com/give.
2: But but uh, I think just underneath that, an inch below that, was was I want to be significant. I want to be someone special. I want to be, and so the Lord, as He started stripping away those opportunities, stripping away, closing those doors, I I felt so much rejection, so much insecurity, so much things, and realizing that my identity was was on a very shakable ground uh, called film, and so I had to lay that down and and go through a season where I just I just focus on Him, and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the beautiful thing about God is often when He asks you for something, it's He gives it back to you in a way that is so um, that you're not a slave to it when when he gives it back. And and I didn't realize how much a slave I was to it because when things went well, I was really high. And when things didn't go well, I came tumbling down. And and the Lord doesn't want that. You know, he wants us to be uh, at a place of peace.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, like the recognition that. It's this weird thing of like desires of your heart that you have to surrender to him you know, in that process of, of, uh, you know, exposing idols in your life and, and, and those were desires in your heart of your heart. And those actually could be things God desires. God gave you, Yeah. you know, you got prophetic words, they line up, you're like, Whoa. Um, and so surrendering those, it feels like this hard thing, like, and it is um, especially in the moment, but The recognition that like god gave you those desires and he doesn't want you to be a slave to those desires he wants you to use them to glorify him and you know honestly in the back of my mind i was always like oh that's going to be like lame like (laughs) you know like it's gonna be lame um and it's not it's so like the opposite and yeah like you were saying he has this way of giving you something back Mm -hmm. that you're not a slave to it um And I think you
2: mentioned earlier as well about the reward, him, him being the reward. And that truly, I think describes it perfectly is, is I think I was looking at film as recognition as some sort of, I don't know, uh, accomplishment in media as, as a reward, as a prize, uh, realize and that takes so much effort and striving to accomplish like film is not easy. And so to attach your identity at the end of a very long accomplishment, a very long journey is is a hard it is so stressful on your identity and the lord says no i want you to realize that you have the fullness of your reward the fullness of all those desires now in the present now wow. and once you have that place once you live from that place then you can go on those long journeys of to accomplish incredibly difficult things in the film or whatever it is whatever area of creativity that you're in and because it, it is it's it's going to be a difficult challenge like some of these things birthing something the world has never seen before which is always the hope of every creative it was like lord what are you doing in heaven that i don't see on earth yeah. from that place is a journey that we need to have the fullness of peace and the reward to go on that journey with.
1: Them. wow man yes this is great this is so good so what was your process like of Getting into TikTok videos, I mean, because they're hilarious. Um, and I, I, I always look forward to seeing your next video uh, that you post. Are you real? Um, I mean, were you always like the, the funny guy, the jokester? Or was that something <laughs> like, was this, this avenue kind of something you're like, oh, this is interesting. I, this kind of came out of left field.
2: <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Uh, when I was a kid, I was always uh, I was shy in some ways, like incredibly shy. And then in, in other ways, uh, I was the, the class clown. It was a very strange reality mm-hmm. of when I felt comfortable, when I felt safe, I turned into a jokester, a class clown. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. The enemy sometimes hides lies around oh, yeah. things, areas of, of our strengths. Um, I was, was riddled with so much fear of man and insecurity that there's, there's so many moments I can even say during high school where I would seize up and just be so gripped with insecurity, I wouldn't say anything. And it'd be so outside of my, my normal usual, like, okay, I'm joking, having a good time. And so during, uh, during those moments, I think seeing the glimpses of, of uh, com- being comfortable during those moments of feeling safe, I mm-hmm. saw incredible moments of creativity that was, that was outside of my norm. And it was interesting uh, as I got saved and then uh still experiencing a lot of fear of man in those early years, uh, the more I settled into who I went who I am, the more I settled into just uh, the reward like we're talking about in Jesus, the more I started seeing a funny side come out that I only saw glimpses of when I was a kid mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's like the more comfortable I got with God, the more this true expression of who I am uh, just kind of naturally came out of me. And so f- with that, you know, there's little videos that I made in high school with my friends I would I would just make, I mean, I look back and I'd probably cringe at how bad they are now, <laughs> which I think every creative should cringe of like when you work yeah. five, 10 years before, yeah. uh, let alone 25 or however many years ago that was. And so, um, yeah, but it was for a number of years, I just worked on my craft and, and, my, and my skill of, of making other people look good. I was always the editor. I was always the cameraman. I was always the guy behind the scenes, writing things for other people to say. And I was honestly so like just happy doing that. I had no desire to be in front uh, of the camera at all and i loved the process of kind of serving from behind the scenes making other people look good the interesting thing about film is when you're an editor or a camera guy you only get called out when something goes bad usually uh the mm-hmm. editing you know was bad in that film or the editing was choppy or the camera work uh when people don't know that you're doing your job that's usually means you did a great job yeah. uh, because no one even it's seamless mm-hmm. and so it was it was nice to work for a number of years behind the scenes, uh, low risk moments, because when things went bad, it's like, okay, I'll just work on that. But I didn't get mm-hmm. like blasted on social media. Uh, but it wasn't until I left that season of especially working for another uh, Bible school, just kind of running the film department when I left that and I kind of got burned out on film, to be honest, I was, went through a really hard uh, season of, of breaking away from that ministry and and my heart got really... Uh, just hurt from from those people mm-hmm. and my association with that was film and I said okay I'm done with with film wow. as much as I had all these prophetic words and amazing favor and the documentaries and travel the world and during that time I was traveling at two to three times a week flying around the world filming different speakers wow. coming home and editing I was living my dream of of interviewing all these heroes Heidi Baker all um uh Danny Silk I got to Carlos Anacondia, um, down in Argentina, all these people that I had watched from the stage. Now I'm getting to interview them in person because of the Lord opening up doors. Yeah. All of that, putting on pause going, I actually don't know if I want to do film anymore because I got so hurt. Mm. And during that season, the Lord spoke to me and said, Gabriel, uh, the next time you do film, you're not going to be behind the camera. You're going to be in front of it. Uh, and I, and I said, I was like such a mind blowing statement because I'm, because I had never been in front of the camera really um, going, I don't know what that looks like. That's not God. That's uh, definitely just me. Um, And the Lord opened up a door for me to begin uh, pastoring uh, during that point. And so that was around 2018, 2019. I took a year sabbatical just to kind of go after healing from what I went through in that, from that breakup and that ministry. Um, And then a year later, the Lord opened up a door for me to start pastoring in, in Bethel. And I did that for maybe two or three years before the Lord even Somewhat, one day I remember I was uh, it was around Christmas and I was at my house. And it's so funny because I, I was joking with someone just like a couple of weeks earlier going, oh, my gosh, these TikToks and reels like <laughs> I've never I, I just was like bashing them, being like, uh-huh. oh, it's, it's the new big thing or whatever. And just kind of laughing. And the next thing a week later, I am, you know, how like Instagram and TikTok, I have those filters and different funny things you can do. Mm-hmm. I was just looking through them because I was just talking about it recently. So I'm looking through it. And I just kind of like made, there was a Spider-Man one. That was one, I don't know if you, if anybody has seen that. It's like it kind of went around where Spider-Man is, is flying to the city and you can kind of like green screen your face oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. someone that he's uh-huh. holding. And I kind of made this like a funny little video and I just kind of like film myself talking and saying this little, and I just kind of like wrote out a little script and and just something to say. And it was, it was I mean, it was so dumb, like the video, but it, but the joy that I got out of it was something that I hadn't felt for years. Mm. And so it was kind of shocking that I was like, wow, like I actually, the last time I worked on film, it had, it was actually painful. And, mm. and now it's returned to a place where it's actually feels like it's a place where I can connect with the Lord in a way that I was designed. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually what started this, the next week I made another video and then I made another video. And I think they all had like, you know, five views or something like that. It wasn't about views or people, it was honestly, a place for me to just connect with the Lord Mm. in in the way that I was designed. And I hadn't been able to experience that outlet uh, for a number of years.
1: Wow, man. That reminds me of, uh, um, you know, I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan, but I respect him as a filmmaker and he has a lot of great advice. And one of the things that he said and actually saved the quote, I'm going to butcher the quote. because I'm not going to get it perfect, but he's saying I'm, on a mission to make movies that I love and everyone else is invited. And I was like, wow, like that's like, because there's so much of like, that's the process God has been taking me through has been just like, like making stuff that I, I want to, I care about the stuff that he's been speaking to me about, you know? Um, And I'm obviously, I'm not in a state where I'm making films like right now, but I'm definitely writing down ideas. and, And so that's really stuck out to me of like, doing things that have a complete expression in my of my relationship with him not what's in right now what's popular because every single time i look at movies that really make a splash it's because they're doing something that is is not the status quo exactly um you know so i think that that's like a big thing with creatives um is not allowing ourselves to be because what i was taught in film school man was like you got to know what's in. You got to watch all the stuff that's in. And I got to the point where I was like watching stuff that I wouldn't normally watch, and I was like, yeah. "Man, I don't like. I don't like this the way this makes me feel.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, uh, I'm feeling really gross and depressed. And and so mm-hmm. finally, I was just like, God, like what? You know, I'm supposed to be doing this right. And he's like, No. And as a matter of fact, he had me stop watching stuff. And that's when my creativity exploded. Was wow. that process of cutting stuff out of my life, you know? Um, And so I think, yeah, like that's a big uh, struggle with creatives is like doing things that you enjoy too. It's supposed to bring you joy. And the thing that really stood out to me about your experience at that other Bible college was, you know, you'd had all these prophetic words and I'm sure you, you know, you didn't really forget them. They're kind of just there. Um, But you got burned out. You, like it was a, you described it as a pain. It, It was a, to the point where it was a painful process and yet God is more committed to your calling and like the things that the purpose is that he desires for you to fulfill. But ultimately it's like, we got to abide in him. Like we were talking about earlier, like he's the prize, he's the goal. But even in those moments when I'm like, no, like someone might sit here and go like, no, but like, but really like I, I, I got, I have the drive. I'll just go for it. You know? But, in my experience that's had a tendency to turn it into an idol yeah. um you know uh, so yeah man yeah um so so the the process of like actually launching a like a tick tock um i was looking at dates did it start Did you start last year is that when you started it? i did
2: about a year ago um, oh it's
1: like blown up
2: it has which yeah. is shocking um i started about a year ago it's february now actually a year ago almost exactly um give or take a couple days and the first i'd say month or two it was like you know five views kind of thing and um but i was having such a fun time like I, i really do mean that i wasn't making it for a bunch of people to to see or like or even um like looking for their acceptance in it. Mm-hmm. I, I was just having a great time making some funny videos that made me laugh. And, uh, and then I you know, would share with my friends and I know they'd they would laugh because they we have the same weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's honestly all it was. It was I think I did that for, um, I think one time I had like, I got a thousand views. And I think at the time I only had about 1,600 1, followers. So I got a thousand views on a video. Uh, And I was like, Oh, that's pretty shocking. Like, that's wild. I thought that. was so crazy to Mm -hmm. to, like, for me, that was that was going viral within the following that I had. Uh And I was like, it's almost all the followers I have are seeing this. And so it was just kind of a weird, unique experience. I was like, it's kind of funny. Uh, It wasn't until one day. I remember I was uh, getting ready. And on TikTok, I think I only had maybe like 50 followers, not even that maybe at the time. On Instagram, I had a little more, just got had, had that platform longer. Uh, and then one day I was getting ready. I'll never forget. Uh, and I had made maybe a handful of videos at the time that were on there. And as I started getting ready, my phone started blowing up and it started just kind of like notifications started happening. I mm-hmm. genuinely thought something was wrong with my TikTok account. Oh no. <laughs> because it's kept on saying 99 plus notifications and it wouldn't, every time I clicked on it and it would just say 99 notifications again and uh, i was like what is i didn't honestly didn't know what was happening mm-hmm. uh and then when i looked at the video and i saw it had like five or ten thousand views uh when i only had 50 followers on tiktok i was first like wait what i, I didn't even i didn't even <laughs> this consider real? the fact <laughs> yeah. that it was notifications of people seeing it. i thought there was something wrong with my account yeah uh and so i i was like wow can you imagine if it got to like 15 or 20 and, and uh, as the day went on, it just started just going up and up and up. Went over 50k, went over 100k, and Man. Um, and then I'd wake up the next from the next morning, and, and it was just thousands. I was I was in shock, going what in the world? Um, and so from that, and uh, Instagram started taking off too, which is weird because they're totally different platforms. Yeah, they are, and uh, almost at the exact same time, they both kind of exploded. Uh, and for me, that was always a sign the lord was was up to something uh, because like, how can you orchestrate that how can you do that yeah <laughs> <You can't>. yeah <laughs> yeah so from there i just kind of started just making more videos and um and just having a great time and trying not to change from the agenda of just uh, of just connection with the lord and using it as a place of of um expressing creativity and and from there you know uh, 99% of the comments at the time We're always super positive and super nice, and but what's interesting is when things go viral, when things go big, and they start getting into the uh, you know hundreds of thousands of views or millions. It's uh, it opens it up to a wide. I mean, a million people is a lot of people seeing something. It's a lot of opinions, a lot of um, different belief systems, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different mindsets, a lot of different everything. And um, it was it was interesting because what I had been through in my life. I was prepared in what I believed to that point. There wasn't a part of me that was going to be shaken by someone else going, "I don't think this is funny," or "I don't think this is even this is blasphemy," or "You're go- you're going to hell." Like I've heard yeah. so many different comments. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, yeah. I just kind of shake it off because yeah. my identity was not attached to an opinion anymore. Mm. Uh, for me, I I, I had a, I was it was built on a conviction of connection. They don't know my journey they they don't right. they weren't there those number of years where the Lord spoke to me about film and, and and the things that he shared with me and in my quiet time and the prophetic words and they they haven't gone on the journey uh that, that I went on with the lord and so if someone doesn't like all my close personal family and friends, they all loved it because and I was like, you know what if they're cool with it, I'm cool with it if God's cool with it, I'm cool with it so yeah.
1: It's also too like the people that know you like know you and they 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 seen your struggles, they know your flaws, you know, I think like you point out a really good point because it's like, I I mean, I even went through that same process doing this show, you know, where it's like, yeah, you get people that say mean things and you're like, what is your problem? Like, I I think if you knew me, you would really like me. I think Mm -hmm. that's what I think, you know, Um, and Uh, but ultimately like my, my wife, my friends, my family were there to, my coworkers were there to affirm like what God was doing, you know? And I think that's so important. That's why it's so important to have community. That's why it's so important to not be isolated, you know? So praise God that, you know, he did that great work in you all those years ago to, Mm -hmm. to prepare you for this, you know? Um, what you know i kind of talked about it uh or I kind of like raised this topic backstage but i was saying like i do feel like there is a tendency within christianity to it's like humor and per, and, and like personality kind of are like the first thing to be forsaken yeah. certainly s- suddenly you turn into brother gabriel welcome you know like and it's just like yeah very stone-faced or cold or insincere and it's yeah. an attempt to be sincere it's an attempt yeah. to be loving and christ-like but the forsaking of humor which god created and our personalities which god created what has that process been like for you of of getting to this place that you're at i mean you kind of you've yeah. kind of been talking about it but yeah i'd love to hear that
2: um it's interesting because i think the religion would say that uh, God wants you to be, when, when it says that God wants you to be holy, uh, there's a definition that comes with that, that religion says. And, and that means void of, of joy, um, um, void of and happiness in a lot of ways. But it looks like more of a, of a lowly, kind of um, heavy uh, devotion yeah. to only certain things, which look like prayer, reading your Bible, and, um, and maybe listening to worship music. And all of those things are fantastic, but those are the ways you connect with God and outside of that are secular things. Um, and I just see that, that approach uh, to Christianity, I think, in my opinion, is, is very destructive.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today.
2: Yeah, because uh, God is not just the God of the supernatural. He's, he's the God of the super normal. Yeah. He, he loves to connect uh, with us in so many different ways and so many different, um, expressions of creativity. And, and if you isolate him and compartmentalize him to, uh, just a prayer closet. And, and again, these are wonderful, beautiful things, praying, worshiping, dancing, all of that is, mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yeah. But if you allow yourself to believe that's the only way to connect with God, Um, then you, in a way, box him in, which is so wild to think about that people box in the God of the universe uh, with their mindsets. But they say, this is where we can connect. And yet I'm going to go and recharge after my time of prayer and worship. I'm going to go recharge with my friends and do something that I like to do that brings me refreshing. And for me, that's such a huge red flag and, and like bells and alarms go off when I hear people say, um, I, I, need to find other ways to connect because my prayer life, my reading the word, all these, stuff, these things drain me because they're so tiresome and I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And, and I, I like to ask people sometimes, um, you know, I think what really marks, uh, is, is a mark of a true friendship is when you're sitting in, in a room with somebody and you don't even have to be speaking. Like I could be on my phone and my, my buddy or my wife or whoever is on the other couch and they're just on their phone. And, and sometimes just enjoying someone else's presence yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is such a, 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 a mark of like a good, good friendship versus someone who comes into my home. I've never met them before. And I'm like, can I get you something? Can I get you a glass of water? I, I don't know what to say. And it's, they're, they're an acquaintance. And so I like to look at my relationship with God and say, Lord, which one would how would I feel if you walked into the room a, after I fall on my face, my face and weep before the Lord yeah. and all of that? <laughs> After that takes place, how sure. would I interact with you? Would I would I feel like you're this acquaintance, that I'm like, can I get you anything, Jesus? Can I get you a snack? Can I, or would I feel comfortable with him to where I can be myself and and connect with him in a way in the way that I know I'm designed? Um, and there's something I think there's a there's a hidden key there in our relationship with God when you. When you when you invite him into the normal parts of life, not just the mm-hmm. right. the um, the seemingly spiritual parts like prayer mm-hmm. and worship. And of course, we invite him into those places. He's been there for thousands of years in our minds. But what about the areas and things that we are uh, wired, uh, whether it's like, I mean, what does it look like for someone? I'm not a big hiker, but for someone who loves to go hiking and, and exercise, what does it look like to uh, invite him into you know, your time in nature, hiking and, and just experience him? Uh when the Lord started challenging me and thus challenging me in this uh, a couple of years ago, uh or some years ago, I remember one time I was I was uh drive I was in Tennessee on a film trip and I was driving just on this random road, uh no one on the road but me, and I was driving for a couple of hours, I hadn't even said anything. I'm just kind of just driving. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Lord speaks to me and he says, Gabriel, uh, do you want to hear a joke? And I was like, Yes, I would love to hear a joke. And he said, If I owned a pizza, a pizza shop. Do you know what I would call it? And I said what? And he said Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, oh my gosh, the the amount of dad. Yeah, I know joke, the dad
1: joke is the strong. dad joke. Yeah. I was
2: I was literally crying. And then he says, it's not, de- uh, it's not delivery, uh, it's deliverance. And oh, so for any man. of you guys remembering, you know, those old commercials of DiGiorno. <laughs> yeah. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Uh, and Jesus Christ from Jesus crust uh i was like i was crying laughing at the the level of cheesiness that god just said a joke because he knows my type of humor and he knows i would find that just hysterical and i was literally i couldn't see i was i was crying laughing so hard and the more just that i've allowed um that i've waited on the lord in areas of normality uh, i've experienced beautiful parts of 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 his of his nature that i Mm -hmm. that i hadn't hadn't really experienced growing up in church I love praying, I love reading the word, I love worship, I love all of that, and I, and I do that stuff all the time. I also love sitting with God and asking what, about creation and nature and just humor and finding him uh, within, you know, one time I was actually making a video, this is uh, the video on Pentecost, uh, if, if anybody who's seen that, or you can go back and watch it, and um, there was a moment where, where I played the Holy Spirit, and he shows up, and, uh, and I had this like fire, like, uh, oh, yeah, effect yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And so he goes like this and, and I time the music for when he does that, like it, you hear like this big bell going off. Um, when I was editing that video, uh, I'm just editing it, you know, just going through the, the motions of how I do edits. And as soon as that, when that clip happened and it played, I felt the Holy Spirit wow. so strongly while I was editing that I started actually like tearing up and crying. And it was, and I just sat there and I, and I pushed away the mouse and the keyboard and I just sat there and I just felt his presence. And it was interesting being like, wow, this is, I'm making a, a meme, like a, a funny little video that is maybe yeah. 30 seconds, 45 seconds long. And I am connecting with the God mm-hmm. of the universe, the creator yeah. of the universe in a way that's outside of my normal way of connecting, which is the Bible and, 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 and praying. And, and there's something of his heart that, that I, because I've said I'm available, um, I feel like he's, he's opening up. And speaking to people that maybe aren't in the average Sunday service, uh, uh, you know, hearing that message every single day. And so I feel like there's, there's a people that he wants to speak to. If everyone approaches God like this and says, Lord, use me, then there's so many different types of avenues, so many different types of audiences yeah. that he wants to reach, so many different cultures that, that just preaching a message on Sunday, while that is important and needed and we should never lose that, it only reaches a certain people group. And who are there present on that Sunday, or maybe watching a live stream, but but there's ways that God can use any different delivery system. Right. And for me in this season, it's been uh, it's been humor, and that uh, seeing that that mess uh, the message of hope get delivered like a vehicle, delivering that humor to people that otherwise wouldn't have heard it.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, the thing I love, dude, is like I was uh, as I was getting ready for this show today, I was thinking about what you do, and I was like you use a lot of memes uh, like the, let me tell you something, you know, like <laughs> that one and, and a bunch of other ones and um, you use stranger things, music or whatever. And, and I was thinking about, it, I'm like, that's, that is the modern day, like language of the people. You know, and we always praise Jesus for how he used the language of the people. And he's like talking yeah. to fishermen and he's talking to farmers and he's talking yeah. to all this uh, lay people, you know, yeah. and using the language of the people and th- I see what you're doing is no different, you know, uh, because you're very much using the language of the people. Um, And just looking at how much traction it's gained and how much favor you've gained as a result of that um, is great, man. I love it, you know. And a lot of what you're talking about, you know, like editing together that funny reel and all of a sudden you felt the Holy Spirit. um, it's, It's sort of like that whole like, man, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation or heard messages about sacred and secular, right? Where people draw like a little T thing and they're like, what's sacred? What's secular? And we're like, we need to, (laughs) we need to, I mean, like back in 2007, I was hearing this, this teaching and I remember it really revolutionized. It was the first time I'd heard it, but, but there's still this like barrier that I feel like we need to push through because we can recognize, okay, yeah, we do need, we do need a melding of those. What, what is sacred? What is sec- secular? Like you were doing something that people would deem, uh, like a, 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 let's say a hyper religious person would deem as secular, right? Yeah. And yet you experience the presence of God hardcore, right? So yeah. um, it's just like there's this barrier that we're constantly like. Um, I've experienced plenty of, or observed plenty, plenty of judgment from people that like when somebody's actually trying to make efforts to like bridge the gap and be like, no, I'm just like. God's not just there when I'm reading the word, he's all encompassing yeah. and people like sit there and they'll throw out their own judgments and all that stuff. Ironically, they're still not doing it. They're still stuck in that sacred versus secular yeah. mindset. Uh, but I just think that's really cool, man. Yeah. It's, cool.
2: it's it's so interesting. uh, People's comments at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, years ago before I did uh, any social media stuff, the Lord told me to do, and it's actually in my book, this the story, but the Lord told me me to do something really strange. And uh, first I was like, I don't know if that's God. But uh, one day I woke up and I felt like he said, I want you to go to every, I live in Redding, California. And I felt like he said, I want you to go to every church in Redding. And I was like, what, you know, every church. And so I Googled it and there's like, you know, 80, 100 churches. I'm like, that's going to take forever. Uh, And so I just kind of put it off for a couple of weeks. being like, that's not God, but I just really felt impressed to do it. Mm-hmm. So next thing I know, I, I just I just go to a random church, um, and when I went to this church, it's so funny because it was a really conservative church, uh, very different from the church that I go to. Bethel was more charismatic, mm-hmm. and I go to this church, and they were like, well, "We're going to do something we've never done before, and or that we rarely do, uh, and we're going to actually pray for the sick and expect God to heal people." I mean, this is the the Sunday that I arrive, and I'm like, "Okay, this is I believe this same thing." Yeah, Let's this do is this. God.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> so I'm about to get up and be like. Tell the pastor, I'm your prayer team, like whatever you need. I'm here, I'm I'm with you, I'm standing with you. And as I'm like getting out of my seat in this moment, I felt the Lord say, Sit down. Uh, that's not why I have asked you to come here. Um, so I sit back down and and I felt the Lord say, I want you to just observe. Wow. And just okay. watch. Yeah. So I and then all of a sudden the scripture in Romans, I, I wish I knew this scripture at the scripture top of my head. I think it's Romans 12, where it talks about some of the eyes, some of the ears, some are, you know, um. Mm-hmm different parts to play in the body of Christ and all are holy and needed and necessary. And, and he said, Gabriel, you just play one part um, in this body. And I want you to see another part and find the value in, in who they are and being very different from you. And so I sat there and I just kind of watched their approach to healing or their approach to the supernatural, which was very different than mine. But he said, all I want you to do in these churches is to pray um, that my original design would, would wow, come to dude. fruition in this church. And so I, every Sunday I went to a different church. I did this for maybe about a year or more longer. I can't remember how long it was. Um, and I mean, there were people that believed everything I believed. There are people that believed like nothing that I believed. Different denominations, charismatic, uh, conservative, different. And it was so beautiful walking in and going, Lord, um, who are you in this church? And what can I learn? Uh, about you that is different than my upbringing that is outside my box and uh, I learned it was interesting about a year of doing it I experienced um, just more of a well-rounded picture of of the face of Jesus I don't know how else to describe it because I saw aspects of him it's like someone telling you a story about your best friend uh, that maybe they grew up with your best friend and they told you a story about them that you didn't even know about yeah like like, a shared experience yeah yeah, shared experience. And I'm like, wow, Jesus. And so seeing who Jesus was in these churches really changed my viewpoint of Jesus. I didn't know you were like that. I didn't know that you had mm-hmm. a heart for stuff like that. And what I didn't even know at the time was that I was um, creating a value for these different denominations, which played right into what I'm doing now, which is so the Lord, because um, you know, sharing memes or videos, There's it goes across denominations. It goes across so many different belief sure. systems and um, but I'm approaching it with a heart of of not just being like, I'm right and all those other ones are wrong, because I think that would begin to tweak the yeah. the humor and begin to um, seep into the ideas and the creativity with with an agenda of going, I'm actually right in this and and you got other guys are wrong. And whereas now I'm approaching this with a conviction of I always want to honor um, other denominations, I always want to um, if I'm poking fun at anybody, it's always going to be myself. Like a charismatic, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be like, if I can poke fun at anybody, it's going to be me. Uh, but every other denomination, I want to hold with honor, whether I whether I agree fully yeah, or not. So good, man. And so it's interesting. I got invited to, um, you know, a, a group with uh, all these different meme pages on on Instagram, and and there have like way more followers than I do. Just massive pages that have been doing it for years, like hundreds of thousands and. One of them has like 600,000, maybe more. Wow. And uh, all of them are very conservative. And uh, they, they invited me in knowing that I attend Bethel Church. And, and, uh, and a few of them don't even like Bethel at all. Uh, but I was shocked at the fact that they invited me into this private group that we can all connect and share memes, ideas, and, and just kind of collapse together. I was shocked that humor was the bridge that, uh, that created this open door invitation that I kind of came in the back door and going, Lord, um, you know, it's funny. And I won't, sh- I won't say who, but there was like a really popular uh, meme page just recently that's very conservative where in real life, um, a friend of mine connected with him and he- this guy got rocked, blasted by the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way wow. that he was fully touched, saw healings for the first time in his, in his entire life. And um, all of that happened through, through the avenue of memes. The Holy Spirit man. made all of that happen through humor.
1: Wow. Well, that's what I've been saying, man, is like, and I've said it a couple of times on the show, is like that I I really do believe that God wants unity within the body of Christ. Um, the people that are really following Jesus, like we shouldn't view each other's as obstacles or other people, like, oh, that's those people. Um, and so I think it's so cool that God did that because the one thing I have said though is that um like embracing embracing our differences yes embracing denominational differences yes but where god what god desires right now is um he wants the power to be present within the church like what we do laying on hands praying for people and that regardless of like that's the center point too is like i mean do we believe do we believe what this says or not yeah. do we believe that we can greater things than these will you do like jesus said do we believe that or not And if we do, all of us are reading the same Bible, same words of Jesus, you know? And, um, you know, so I, I, how cool is that though? That, I mean, that your first church you go to, they're like, we're going to do something we haven't done. We don't do very often. And you're like, and you know, your attitude at first is like, you're welcome. i I'm here. (laughs) This is why I'm here, you know? And God has had me do similar things, but it's more like be quiet. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just just listen. And I'm like. Cause I'm a talker man, you know? So, uh,
2: it it was a very gentle, but sweet rebuke of the Holy spirit in a way where, um, it was just like, no, Gabriel, uh, sit back down. And I sat back down and just watched, uh, something beautiful take place in in their approach to loving people and taking risks and doing things, maybe even outside of their comfort zone, but finding such value in it. And I left that church, Um, and I repented and I said, Lord, and I love Bethel. I've been in Bethel since 2008. And I said, Lord, forgive me for even having the thought that the only reason our city is blessed is because of, is because of Bethel. Mm, Um, and I, and after going to all these different churches, I was like, there are thousands, thousands of Christians across our city every single Sunday, worshiping the same Jesus, connecting with him, lifting his name above and saying, Lord, bless this city. How arrogant of a thought to think that my church is is the the sole reason is the only reason that our city is is blessed or thriving and prospering Mm. and this is a team effort and so it was a really convicting and and beautiful um correction
1: yeah i've thought that same thought i'm not even gonna i'm gonna be completely transparent i've i've thought about like the city of Reading and bethel being there but i also like now that i'm thinking about i'm like all the prayers of thousands and thousands and thousands of christians throughout yeah. the decades of praying for that city yeah. and maybe maybe bethel is the fruit of some of that sure mm-hmm. but they're not the reason why it's god answering the prayers of the saints it's god yeah. moving on behalf of his people so yeah man that's just a it's a little convicting Just a little- oh yeah <laughs> feel, it, hurts
2: so good. <laughs> it hurts so good
1: so have you have you seen uh you know obviously i'm sure you get messages from your followers have you seen have you gotten testimonies from people that
2: so many um yeah, which is so wild because i did ministry for years um like just traditional ministry I, I guess you'd say like speaking or or you know from a stage or with um but it's interesting this Version of ministry, I should say, because it is ministry. I I consider it ministry. Doing humor and social media, it is a way to communicate um, God's heart. And I think everything is that we do for the Lord is ministry. Um, You are in full time ministry. Just if you didn't know that, uh, you don't need a microphone to be uh, full time ministry. I think everyone is is ministering. And so for me, seeing uh, massive fruit, uh, incredible fruit, like thousands of messages over the last year of people experiencing the joy of the Lord um, breaking off of, of depression. And what's interesting, even, like I said earlier about going beyond my own denomination or belief system, so many conservative people um, like ultra conservative who normally wouldn't probably, if I was just to preach a message um, from, from a stage, they would tune me out. Wouldn't hear a single thing just because they would, Yeah. yeah, weirdo, like they'd shut the door immediately. Yeah. but because of the vehicle of humor they stopped and they and they listened and, and and just heard my heart and that was the thing they 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 heard my heart through the humor and that developed a friendship with a lot of these people and even beyond denominations other religions i've had many muslims message me um i've even had a, a satanist or two uh, uh comment and follow and even dm me privately and and, and chatted a bit and just like the, the sowing of seeds uh with with humor because humor has that way of just dismantling people's defenses and walls. And and uh, even like, you know, today with people like, oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. And it's because, you know, I want to be, um, you know, like everyone's always so sensitive of certain things. But like, uh, uh, it's it's funny how like humor is like this thing that just kind of like comes out of us sometimes. We don't uh-huh. even know whether we processed it or not. Like, uh-huh. ooh should I say that? Should I not? Uh-huh. And there's something and I understand people can be offensive, but there's something beautiful about this natural, just like gut reaction of laughing or making a joke, mm-hmm. that is is actually disarming. When you when you couple that with a message of hope, it's actually kind of get gets past people's offenses and walls they've put up. That maybe they've they've they see another denomination uh, like my own, and and they have like a, a literal wall and say like, no, everything they do is bad, and and maybe my denomination would say the same of another. But humor has this way of just sneaking past all of that yeah going beyond uh offenses and 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 what's shocking is is to see other religions even even go there's something about your message that i like there's something mm-hmm. and i can just see the holy spirit beginning to move things and 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 plant seeds that and i so i pray for those people i say holy spirit just um uh just just begin to speak to them that mess that seed of hope that you've deposited of peace that they can't shake and they keep coming back to the video. That's what they keep on saying. They're like, I don't know why I keep on like I, this video posted last week and I just pulled it up again from other religions. And, wow. and so I'm like, Lord, you're speaking to them. You're calling them. You're witnessing. Them. And then sometimes I'll go back and even like the Satanists or the, other religions and I'll just check to see if they're following me after months. And they are, they're still following. Um. They're still, they're still watching and, and you never know um, who's, who's watching. And, and uh, that is one of the, greatest honors of 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 doing uh this this social media stuff is getting to see the messages uh from people uh that you can play any part at all in, in speaking hope to someone who is who is in despair is such mm. an incredible gift and privilege and i um I'm always so thankful for that
1: dude that's huge man and i i I would agree on a much smaller scale I don't have nearly the the followers you have but um it, it really is just like so cool to see as you just continue to be diligent in what you're doing and you know, you're supposed to be doing it and seeing how God is taking it. And sometimes he'll take stuff that I'm like, like the least articulate thing I said (laughs) is the thing that he uses to like really impact him. I'm like, really? Like, (laughs) all right. You know, uh, you know and i just think that like that's been the thing that's been so amazing is even those times where you don't feel a 100% like ah, oh, man i just like i don't know this one's okay maybe yeah. there's been those times for you where you're like this reel's okay it's not one of my it's not one of my magnum opus uh yeah. you know reels um but the impact that it has on people um regardless like it's going to fulfill its purposes that god desires it to fulfill um yeah. you know and that's been like that's been the super cool thing even just my avenue of of being out out in the world and doing stuff as well is just like God is faithful and He's going going to fulfill His word. He's going yeah. to fulfill His purposes in people's lives, and we just have to get out of the way, bro. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like like the the foolishness of youth says, God needs me to do X, Y, and Z, and He needs me to do a hundred percent perfect. And also, yeah. it's like, no, actually, no,
2: yeah, not at all, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so far yeah. from it
2: so and i think um and that's a lot of the time why i like to use uh i'll make a lot of memes or videos about peter uh, the disciples because uh, uh he just is so constantly used by god and despite of at times putting his foot in his mouth or making mistakes or rebuking the lord and the lord just like straight up rebuking him back Call oh, him uh, satan god. <laughs> imagine getting called satan and oh, and all these. And I love that he's my favorite disciple, even though people that may watch those videos may be like, "Why are you always bagging on Peter?" Yeah. for me, I'm like, no, it, it is it is out of a place of absolute love and honor because this is a guy who swung for the fences and either got a home run home run or or a strikeout, like is nothing in between. And he saw the wildest miracles. He's the only one that walked on the water uh, out of all yeah. the disciples in that boat. and And there's so many moments where Peter got to experience the, these extreme, uh, moments with the Lord connection moments, uh, with the Lord. And I, and I, and I love that because I see myself in that. I, I see that. I think sometimes we can play to the, to the back of the crowd and play it safe. And, uh, but I think Peter began to understand something about the heart of Jesus, that when he made a mistake and he saw the, the correction of the Lord for, and I made a, I made a video, um, a few weeks ago or a month ago, I can't remember about Peter and in um, and, and this one, it's, uh, it's a video about Jesus saying to Peter, um, you're going to deny me uh, three times. You're going to betray me. Oh, yeah. uh, and and Peter goes yeah, like, that's never going to happen. And yeah. then it says like, and then it has like the SpongeBob yeah. uh, like, a, a thing where it says like a few moments later. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then Peter's like, and it's like a rap song and Peter's basically just denying Jesus the whole time. And, uh, but what's wild is the very last part of the video Um, I I kind of like um, green screened uh, myself as two Roman soldiers, like questioning uh, Peter. And so I wrote this little part of the script where it said, like um, I didn't know him. I'm not his friend, like stop asking me. Um, And then it says like, hail Caesar at the very, at the very end. And I was kind of just, as I was acting it out, I was imagining Peter, like basically living like this took place, like this level of betrayal. Actually, it's not just a story. This actually happened. And I was kind of just imagining that betrayal after all jesus did and i and i just got this glimpse of of reality like a reality check of that betrayal and i started crying while i was filming i had to pause and just like realize like oh my gosh like they were his his close friends these were his his good his best friends on the planet Jesus' best friends and they've been with him for for a number of years and saw him do countless miracles and moments of just incredible mercy and forgiveness and love and 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 he warned them, saying, you're going to betray me. And still, he, they betrayed him. And the fact that he, Jesus came and forgave Peter after that, and then even not he just forgave him, but then appointed him to, to do amazing things and gave him opportunity after opportunity to do these incredible things, speaks so highly to the, to the character and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus that is wild. Yeah. And I, I see myself in that because mm. I've seen time and time again, no matter how many times I've made mistakes, the Lord, it says that it's his goodness that leads us to repentance. Wow. And I've seen that time and time in my life where when I expect the harshness of God or expect the, the, um, the discipline where my, defin- my definition of discipline, which was more of like, oh, well, I made a mistake. So I'm going to get benched over here. The Lord goes above and beyond and gives me even greater opportunity after those mistakes were made. And I was like, oh, like if I ever didn't deserve something, this is the moment. And I've seen that time and time and time again in my life. And so I, I think finding a way to, to, um, honor those moments in in the Bible through humor. Uh, and I think when people watch that and go, wow, there's something about the life of Peter that I didn't realize the life of John or whoever the meme is about to go, there's something about the love of God that I didn't understand before.
1: Mm, Man. Yeah, dude. That's, that's huge though. Like how we expect we work in our minds of like honestly man for me it's like if it were me that sinned this is how i would punish me you know and it's this like subconscious thing that's run through my head in the past of like and there have been legit times because god knows what the blood of jesus did he knows what the sacrifice of jesus on the cross did um there have been times where i've repented of things and then god is like literally like Aren't birds cool? Check this out. You know, I'm like, what? no, like, no, you're supposed yeah. to, you're supposed to like scowl at me and you're supposed yeah. to, you know, and it's like that recognition that, but I was even thinking about it with Peter. Like Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church. Yeah. T- talking to Peter and that's before he betrayed him. And so mm-hmm. for some of you guys, like things like promises that God has given you and you're sitting here and you're like, no, but you don't know what I've done. Like God, that I've blown it. God's not going to use me anymore. And that's a lie. All we have to do is repent and come back to him. And it's just like, God still fulfilled his purposes in Peter. He still built the, you know, built the church on that rock, you know? And so uh, that's man, super powerful. Well, dude, this was, this was a treat. This was great. (laughs) Great conversation. Um, I would love for you to actually pray for people. I know we talked about some really heavy things, some stuff that I know some people are really feeling.
2: So, just invite you to pray as you feel led. I'd love to. Um, I want to speak to two groups of people: um, one or anybody that's lost, uh, experienced lost, or or trauma in your life, and and also at the same time speaking to a group of creatives that you are uh, want to express um, something that you've that you feel in your heart that you don't even know if you have permission to. Um, I want to speak to you both within the same message because I think when you, when you start talking about the friendship of God, you get both. You get a friend who is there with you in the present, with you during those lonely seasons, with you in the valley. I love Psalms 23 where it says, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. That means that in that moment, there is a table of provision waiting for you, a table prepared for you. That means it's, it's there before you get there. And at the same time, knowing that God loves, just like me, sitting in a room with my wife or my good friends, and maybe we're watching a movie or we're we're just talking about funny stuff. Like there's a there's a level of of security and safety and just being myself that I that I experience. That is something there's something heavenly about that that God wants to uh, more people to experience. And so, Lord, I just pray for anybody watching, anybody listening as well, um, that you would just uh, you would break down those walls. That the church um, and the world have, have put around you and say, This is where I can experience God. And outside of this, I can't. I can't experience Him in nature. I can't experience Him within creativity or my painting or, or my photography or my, my writing or film or, or whatever it is, your, your, your ability to, your desire to create. And, um, and I just wanna uh, apologize. Uh, as a pastor in the church, I wanna apologize for any leaders in your past. Any, and even as a father, I want to apologize as well. Any parents or uh, um, any authorities that have, that have put you down for, for being creative, um, there's so many people that, you know, w- when they're children, they have such a wild imagination and such a, um, you know, for me, I was a class clown, like I said earlier, and, and I got a lot of trouble at times. Um, and, but there's something beautiful of, uh, about that where I was able to be myself in those moments and i just want to apologize for anybody Mm -hmm. listening that you got put down or reprimanded or or um sidelined for areas where you were just trying to be yourself in certain moments and and learning along the way and obviously i was a class clown i was being disruptive and i was learning who i was during that time and so i'm not saying well mistakes weren't made but like jeff was saying there's there's a kindness that god has in the midst of our mistakes there's there's a gentleness that he has and so I just want to apologize for anybody listening that that in your mistakes or in your moments of of trying to find who you are, where there was a harshness in that response from people that shut you down. And I just want to invite you to wake up those areas of your heart. Dream again. Begin to have create begin to allow yourself just to go for it. Like for me, I just got on Instagram, and started making funny, random memes that I didn't think anybody was going to see. Just start going for it. Just someone messaged me the other day. And asked me if they, if they should start a podcast. It's been in their heart. And I responded back, go for it. Like in all capital letters, like what are you waiting for? At the very least, you, you, you stretch yourself and you confront the fear of man. And you confront all those things. Like it's going to be a wild journey. Unless the Lord has told you not to and it's not the time. Otherwise, what are you waiting for? And mm-hmm. so that's my message to any creatives out there is what are you waiting for? Go start creating. Uh, the Lord said in the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven. And, I, and I, I had a conviction in my heart that heaven is filled with, crea- with creativity that we could not even imagine. And I think he's looking for a people that will position themselves and go, Lord, here am I. My eyes are open. My ears are open. Yeah. My heart is listening and That's waiting. Right. Lord, is there anything you want to say? Is there anything you want to do uh, on this earth that you have in your heart? Would you use me as a vessel to just uh, create? He was Before he was a savior, before he was redeemer to us, he was creator. This is a part of his DNA of his nature that is ingrained in who we are from the very foundation of the world. And so my, my, my charge to anybody listening is would you allow the Lord to be creator in your life? And by doing that, he wants to use you to create as well. And so thank you, Lord, for anybody listening and for your desire um, to bring hope through their expressions. Mm. Amen, dude. Well, dude, this is great. This is so, so good.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, how obviously we mentioned the book at the top of the show God's Best Friend, The Adventures mm-hmm. of an Ordinary Man and an Extraordinary God, uh, which the link is in the description for those of you who tuned in late. Um, you can purchase that or rewind and hear the spiel and then go, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get that. Um, uh, but then also,
2: how can people follow you? Um <clears throat> on social media, it's just God's best friend with a period between each word. God's period best period friend. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm mostly um on Instagram and TikTok, and eventually I'll start getting into YouTube more. I haven't done much there yet. Uh, but TikTok and Instagram are the ones where I love just chatting with people. Awesome.
1: Yeah, go go follow him, you guys. He's hilarious. It's just you're always gonna laugh. It's so fun. Uh, your videos always pop up. I'm like, like I said earlier, I'm like, oh, sweet. Another God's best friend. real, you know? <laughs> So uh, thank you, man. Thank you for doing what you do. And yeah.
2: seriously, just like keep, keep doing it. It's great. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for having me. It was so much fun.
1: Absolutely. Well, everybody, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow, which is Valentine's Day. My wife is going to be joining me and we are going to get into the nitty gritty do's and don'ts. The nitty gritty, Gabriel. <laughs> uh, do's and don'ts in relationships how to build a healthy marriage my wife and i've been married for almost 12 years wow. and we love each other and we're best friends and that does not mean we have not gone through hard times <laughs> so there's a misconception so we're going to be talking all about that you guys we've got like a bunch of different topics so it's going to be so good you can even throw your co- questions in the comments and we'll uh, possibly on that video um so everybody be blessed And we will see you tomorrow with my wife, Lauren, and it's going to be great. All right. Bye, everybody.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening.